leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity, and this is the Leadership Series. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. I'm here with two awesome people. First, my co-host, Chris Folon. Say hi to everybody, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining. And our special guest for today, who I loved her to pieces the first time I heard her speak, Christy Rutherford. Say hi to everybody, Christy. Hey, y'all. My country voice. I just went real country on (laughs) y'all. So Christy is a guru. I mean, this woman... All right, some of her accomplishments, and then she'll get into it um, on her own. First and foremost, through her company, um, she has been helping eight women so far earn $1.7 million in raises since June of 2020. So in the middle of a pandemic, Christy has been helping these awesome, amazing women pretty much double their salaries, which is unbelievable. Um, She has uh, over 20 years of leadership experience. She was the 13th African-American woman to achieve the rank of commander in the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, Christy, just run down all your accomplishments real quick so we can get to the good stuff. (laughs) You know, Renee, I'm just a a, a unicorn rider and a general hustler. That's one. Uh, (laughs) Two, you know, we could talk about the education piece, but what I've really mastered is office politics, psychological mind games, and self-care. So a lot of times it's just teaching women is not about how to ask for the raise, but what's stopping them from asking for what they deserve. That's really what I do. Excellent. Excellent. So um, we are going to just jump right in. And I I just want to understand how it is that you you work and what you do and how these women end up getting, how were you able to do that in the middle of a pandemic? So I spent a considerable amount of time in the Coast Guard. And so coaching and mentoring was a part of what I did. I didn't know that coaching was a thing. I went to a conference in 2006 and this lady was talking about coaching and I'm like, oh my God, that's what I do. Like, wait, one, that there's something for it Two, I can get paid for it. And three, why am I doing this for free if people are actually getting paid for it? So seeing people not necessarily for how they see themselves, Renee. So if I talk to you, I don't see you for who you are. I see you for who you are living in your full potential, which made me very successful as a leader, because if you're given 10 percent, How am I going to now motivate you to give me 120? Because as a team, my goal is to win at all times. So I need to be able to influence my people and unlock them to be able to have them live in their fullest potential. So now we can go and set the national standards that I wanted to in my career. So after transitioning out of my career, I didn't know, you know, again, I didn't know that it was a marketable skill on office politics because that's my natural. 
And what I've learned through, uh, I would say over the course of five or six years is women are having completely different conversations than men. So a lot of times when I post, I say I'm talking to women, but men are like, well, Christy, you're talking to us too. But this is the problem. And this is what I realized this morning, Renee. Men are expected to have conversations that they deserve a, a higher salary. Men are, are having common conversations about what it takes to get to the next level. Women are not. We're, we're not having these conversations that we can double our income. We're not having these conversations that we can go from 150 to 300 or 200 to 400 and how to make it happen. These are common conversations with men. So, yes, everything that I say applies to men. But women simply aren't having the conversations is women are entering in a pink recession. Women are going to lose. Oh, my God. Black women are especially going to lose in this pandemic. So I want to be able to change the narrative and say, no, you choose your fate. You choose what you do. And if you can believe me when I say your your salary is well below what you what you should be making right now, if we can touch and agree on that, we can go get this money. <laughs> As Patrick is, said, is that- I need that back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Patrick. We all do. Go, go ahead, Chris. I, I, asking from, I, I'll just say it bluntly, from a, a male white guy perspective. Um, a, what can we, what can we do to help enable those conversations to happen more? And like, what are some of the the root causes for those conversations not happening? Oh, I love this question. A lot of times women don't think they deserve it. It starts in childhood, long before women even get in the workplace. Somebody told a woman, you, because we're taught to be nice girls. Women are taught to be people pleasers. And this is going to be shocking to you. Some one, one woman that I talked to, and I did an interview with a guy a couple of weeks ago, a lot of women don't ask for raises because they don't want their white male bosses to get mad at them. And they want to be liked. So they don't even ask. So women, we are conditioned to be people pleasers at a very young age. My niece has a a doll that she carries around. She's three. And go get your baby. Care for your baby. She has a kitchen set, (laughs) a cooking set. She has a mop and a broom. And I'm like, why this baby, like the baby is through. Why is a mop and a broom and a stove a toy for a girl? So when she cooks. She cooks to please us. We're being conditioned at a very young age to be people pleasers and to be liked. So we carry that behavior over into the workplace and you won't ask for a raise. I've talked to so many women who complain all day. And I mean all day. Feverishly and passionately about how the man is keeping them down. And I say, but did you ask though? Well, no. So, and and then the second part is, Women don't ask for what they want. And and I tell women all the time, if I have three white men, because the Coast Guard is 95% white male. So most of the people who work for me were white men. If I have three white guys who are hungry and and my guys are champions and they want to go get it. And I have one passive sister in the corner. I mean, even as a black woman, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Because I'm busy. I'm a little crazy myself because I'm a leader. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. How much work am I going to have to do to resuscitate you when I got three men who are ready to go get it? So we're always waiting for somebody to come and save us. and, And my goal is to teach women how to save themselves. But for you, um, you know, it's, it's asking women, 
you know, what, what are your five-year goals? Where do you see yourself in the next two years? That's what leaders can do to let women know that it's okay to, to have that conversation with you. Because a, a lot of women think that if they have that conversation with you, that, that they're not going to be liked and they're going to get fired. That is so be, be proactive about it. Okay. So being proactive, that is fascinating, fascinating information. Um, Christy, it's funny that you say that about the, the kitchen and, and whatnot, because my, my, I have two boys and a girl and the, the girl, the, the two boys, they had kitchens and stuff too. And the girl plays with cars and everything. But what was <laughs> funny is this past weekend, I mean, this past Christmas, um, I was looking for the, my my daughter loves Minnie Mouse like she's a Minnie Mouse fanatic right now, and so we ended up and she loves planting water and so it ended up being like this little kitchen like a little mini sink, and when it when it actually came like I purchased it or whatever but when it came I was like wait a minute why is this a sink with dishes and I was like and I said it out loud my husband laughed I was like no we need to we need the boys playing in the sink with dishes with paper <laughs> dishes and stuff like that. <laughs> My, my 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 son has one of those kitchens um and he loves it he has the broom he has the mop and, and he loves it um yeah but yeah i think it's what i think to christy's point that the the girls kind of stay in that mode and the boys eventually like my boys they're, they're gamers yeah. they do all this other stuff so um so yeah that's that's pretty awesome so i want to shout out some people we always shout our people out on the live stream folks that come all the time good morning ben is here craig is here some awesome people and craig i think is in the uk yes uh good afternoon all from south africa i don't even know who that is which is awesome um, and Patrick, who is actively looking for work. So Patrick, I know this is a good one for you today and he's looking to get the bag and me too. Um, so Christy, you talked about, uh, you talked about women and their struggles and what they, you know, why they, they're in a situation they're in. What about the men, you know, cause again, we're in cybersecurity, mostly male dominated industry. So, you know, most of our viewers are men. So I'm really curious to learn about, you know, what you see from a men's perspective as well. I think for, for men in tech, it depends, right? It depends on your personality type. So now we go into the personality type of, of, of the, the tech guys. It is not a stereotype. It's actually a personality preference, which actually leads you to the career path that you've chosen. You can be a... a um, a creator, a creative mind, but a very, very detail-oriented mind. And so there is a uh, personality test that I love. It's called bank. Bank people, we want our money. Like, and we're not afraid to ask for it. We talk fast, walk fast, we, we drive fast cars, we wear fancy clothes, we do all these things. And, and we're very irrational. <laughs> irrational. Like, so when I tell a woman... You should be asking for 450 right now, and she's at 175. They're like, Where did you get that number from? I made it up, but let's go get it. And they get it. Does that make sense? Like, there is no, there is no data, there are no calculations, there is no, well, your master's degree is valued as such and such. And then your experience, no, nah, I made it up. But if you can agree with me, let's go get it. So a lot of times I would say with, with men in this in this world. This is just a, a fact to consider. If you're focused on the data and being rational, at a certain point in leadership is not about rationality. And you need somebody outside of yourself to pull you out of the data to be able to look at yourself from a macro level vision. Does that make sense? And be able to explain what you do and not be so far in the weeds and the data. So it's almost like look up 
and and have somebody tell you um, externally what are the five things that you're really good at. And because you can't see yourself if, if you're in a hole, especially if you uh, are, are unemployed and now you're just you you can't see how you are. And I did it. So I sent the people who used to work for me a survey and I said, what what made me great as a leader? Because I knew I was a phenomenal leader, but I am me. So I sent out a survey and I said, what do I do differently than everybody else that you work for? And they actually responded. I got about 20 responses and there were five common themes among what everybody said. And that's what I started to lead with. So at a certain point, um, um, Renee and, and Chris, we have to figure out what our superpower is. And I think for people who are data oriented and very, very detail oriented and their decisions are made on rational data at a certain point in leadership and asking for a raise is not rational. It's, it's what you feel that you deserve. And that's uncommon I, I, for people who are rational. I, I love that superpower comment. Um, that's actually a common theme. I'm in another group. And one of the things that we're doing for the next generation coming up is we're sitting and we're defining what our superpower is so that we can focus on our superpower to help mm -hmm. us get to that next level within our career. And I think that's so critical to, to discover what that theme is within yourself and build out that storyline because once you realize that you have that superpower, mm -hmm. you can empower it even more. And I think um, in, in working with several of the women in the group, that's one of the areas that they're so self-conscious that they don't mm -hmm. think that they have a superpower. And when you mention, no, but you're really good in this, you're really good in that. And then they start to see that theme and once they, they realize that they have that superpower, they just blow up from there. Exactly. Exactly. So it would be about owning it. It's kind of like taking it and owning that space. Well, I think it's about becoming aware that you have something of value first. You have women who have been working for years and then there, and so, so it's a cycle. It's a, it's a cycle, Renee and Chris, like, and, and this goes for men too. If you've been working for a long time and you haven't, and you know that you're underpaid, but you're very valuable to your organization because they tell you, but they're not paying you. It creates underlying resentment and frustration. So there's like a little burn that's in the bottom. That's that, that's setting you on fire. And so you start to spiral after around and you start to go in circles. So it's very important to have people who one do not agree with the limited vision that you have of yourself. I say, if you found somebody to agree with your war, your, if you find a friend that agrees with the limited perspective that you have of yourself, you have found your greatest enemy. If you have people, when you say, I can't get ahead and she can say, oh girl, I understand. I can't do it either. Or, uh, you know, a man on the tech side that says, you know, I can't figure out my value. And he's like, me either. You know, what, what are we going to do? Why can't we find that? You have found your greatest enemy. Because you need somebody to say, no, that, that's not true. Let me tell you what your greatest, your greatest assets are. Let me tell you how I appreciate you. Let me tell you this perspective that I see of you. So we need people that will challenge us and call us out on our BS when we have a limited perspective of who we are because times are hard. I've been there, done that. Like when I left my career, I, I ran into a wall doing 150 miles an hour and exploded in a thousand pieces and laid on the ground for three and a half years wondering, why did you do that? That was so dumb. So I'm so passionate 
about what I do because I burn. When people talk about burnout, you know, people make it seem like, oh my God, I burned out. Like there's this thing that we rode on a magic carpet and we just disintegrated slowly. No, I ran into a wall doing 150 miles an hour. So I'm completely oblivious of, I can say I'm great and I have a wall. I mean, I could decorate, I have enough awards to decorate the Rockefeller Christmas tree. Let's be clear. But in that state of brokenness, and now I don't have any money and I'm too crazy to get a job. (laughs) I am psychologically unemployable. I can't, I'm too crazy to get a job. And there were people that I talked to that agreed with me, but there were some of my friends that say, Chrissy, what's wrong with you? Let me remind you of who you are. Let me, let me remind you and tell you who you are because you can't see yourself right now. And in these challenging times, challenging for some, not challenging for all, we need people to remind us of, of the great qualities that we have and not believe us when we say that we can't get ahead. Right. And. I think that's that's similar to the statement. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Um, Because if everyone else is at your level and not pushing you to be greater, um, you're in the wrong place. Yep. 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 Corey said, Christy is preaching. That's right. I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm a prosperity preacher for real. (laughs) I love it. Let's talk about some of those results that um, we talked about in the beginning. Uh, just to show people that we can make it happen during during this pandemic. What are some of the results that you've gotten for those that you've been helping? Yeah, we're actually, as of last night, we're at $1.7 million in raises since June 2020. Um, seven women have doubled their incomes. I have, uh, you know, I have male clients as well. And so one of, one of my clients, actually, he went into a job and, um, and, and we had to set it up. Like when you go into a new job and we could talk about that if y'all want to, but you got to set the chessboard. And so after nine months, he was promoted to vice president in a new job with a $75,000 raise. And so, um, so yeah, so, so it's, is not as much about how the world is going. How are we going to allow people who don't know us to condemn us and to damn us with data to say women are going to lose? And black women are going to lose. I don't believe that because you're not talking to me. So if somebody says, hey, stupid, and you turn around, you just chose to turn around. I'm not turning around if you call somebody stupid because I know you're not talking to me. So if you say men are going to lose, tech men are especially going to lose, black women are going to lose, you're not talking to me. You choose whether or not you believe what the data says, how are you going to allow somebody to tell you that you're going to lose or that you're not going to make it or that you're going to be, um, you know, unemployed for the next 12 months, you choose with you what you agree to. And that is about having a strong vision. So when I came into 2020, I said, I'm a crush it this year, but I, ca- I, I had like eight coaches. I came into 2020 with so much momentum. There was no way I was going to lose. And so that momentum got poured into my clients. And I would say my belief got strengthened when I was in my brother's house. Because how did I make it out? I had to believe that I was going to make it out. So being able to transfer some of that energy to my clients. And y'all see that I'm not the um, the most fairy, soft-spoken, pansy <laughs> coach who <laughs> celebrates you. And, and so a lot of times when my clients get caught in, uh, and, and it's a tough spot when you now have to own your value. Typically what happens to women when they're negotiating is that they shrink back and and they start to remember all the times that they've lost. And what if they don't like me? And what if they say no? But then they have a louder voice in their head, i.e. Christy Rutherford, because they know they got to come back and report to me. What did you ask for? Because, you know, I'm I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy. Just a little bit. Um, 
but they would rather ask for it than to know to come back to me and say, I asked for 325 when when you should have been asking for 525. So they just like 525, like they just just get it out. And then typically the people are like, okay. And and then the belief comes at a whole different level. So it's getting clear on what you're going to ask for and just ask for it. I was going to bring up the point about the inner belief because there seems to be there's this, you know, within yourself, like I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this or whatever it is. Um, And then, like you said, like just it's just so shocking to hear sometimes like you're making 150 and I'm going to ask for 350. I remember it's so funny that you made this this point. I had a I had a guy um, in a recruiting in one of my projects. And he uh, I was doing this recruiting project and the manager told me, you know, this is the range. And I told the guy, this is the range. And the guy was making a lot less. And I said, well, this is the range, you know, <laughs> like, OK, you're making 95. Well, the range is this, he said. And, and the, the leader was real cool. He said, look, they're going to spend the money anyway. You know, like this is the range. So um, this guy went in and he. He he didn't want he was at 95, I think, and we told him like 140 or whatever the number was, and he was worth it. And they wanted to hire him at that. And the hiring manager said, This is what you know, hey, this is what to ask for. And he went back around and he asked for something less. And I was just like, Why would you do that? I'm telling you, this is what the number is. And he he hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed, and I was just like you could have taken the 140 and give if you want to keep 95, give me the other 50 for 45. <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, it, but it's something within Christy, help us, help me because I couldn't figure it out. So why would he do that? It's all within. So, is what is your relationship with money? Because a lot of times people will self sabotage. What is your do you have a healthy relationship with money? And then the, the challenge is. A lot of minorities get mad at white men and be like, you feel entitled. And I'm like, so, you know, I'm, I'm writing a post on, I wrote it yesterday about the entitlement. I'm like, so they de- they think that they deserve money and deserve to be wealthy and you're condemning them for it because you think you deserve to be broken on the bottom. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> like, you, we all have the inherent right to be rich, but what is the programming that you were taught and, and, and yeah, we had some challenges in our childhood, but when you become an adult, you have to make a conscious decision that I have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to reprogram ourselves. I did it. I used to think that making $120,000, $130,000 a month was a lot of money. I mean, not a month, $130,000 a year was a lot of money until I started hanging around these network marketing people who were knocking out $300,000 a month. I was like, so, uh, so one one thirty ain't a good, huh? A pension of forty thousand dollars a month. I, th- I mean, you know, because that's what we're programmed in the military. That's it. You're gonna get a pension of forty fifty thousand dollars a year, and I'm meeting people that's making one point two million dollars a month, and I'm like, so, so there's another level. And so let's have these next level conversations. And so a lot of times people will self sabotage because it all starts from within of what they don't think that they deserve. Even if you tell them, Renee, they still going to self-sabotage. And, and I was talking to one of your, one of your um, followers last, last week, you, you tagged me in a post. And so we're talking about it. Sometimes when you come in too cheap, I remember a couple of years ago, I was talking to this lady and, and she, she was going to be worth 
26 million dollars that that year she was going to make 26 million dollars and so she was like Chris I want to work with you how much and I was like three thousand dollars <laughs> I don't charge that now, but I was like $3,000. And she was like this, like, what's wrong with you? She looked at me like I stink. I promise you. And I was sitting there like, so, and then at the time I, I was just, I just started working with a business coach. Cause I was on my own until I had to get enough money to make this business. Go. I said, I need to, I double my prices immediately. But the problem is Renee and, and Chris is she, they, her company paid a coach $40,000 to coach four people. And that person did nothing. So here I am talking about how great I am and all these results that I get, and I'm only charging three. So it's almost like if somebody, there's a lobster that for $200 at the restaurant, and then there is another one for 10. If you go too cheap, people be like, well, what's wrong with the $10 lobster? You know, was that grown in a lab or something? I want the $200 one. So you have to be able at a certain time, and, and especially if you're senior, especially if you have all, all of these things that, that make you great. We talked about the superpower, but if you have all this experience, don't be afraid to put an irrational, you could consider an irrational price tag on it because some people are making it. So, so let's talk about this. You, you mentioned this a couple of times now. You're a coach that has several coaches. Let's talk about the value that it has to have different types of coaches for different reasons and how that was so instrumental in growing your own success. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've always like, even in the Coast Guard, I had 13 mentors and people are like, that's a lot. And no, I, I, I had 13 people, influences and mentors and sponsors, but I was mentoring 70 people. So, and, and there was still an imbalance in that. But now last year I had eight coaches and now it's January, whatever it is. I've been coached six times by four different people since January 1st. I'm trying to kill the game. I'm crushing it over here. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I sent one of my clients a, um, a text when, when we were talking about her salary going from 200 to 525 and she ended up accepting 475. And so she thought that, you know, making $200,000 a year was a lot of money. And, and, and she's like, but these are all the people that I hung around. But I sent her a text of my coach harassing me of why I, I haven't made $4 million this year. And I'm just like, and I mean, harassing. Do you hear me? Just like I harass my clients, I need somebody to push me at that same level. Because if I have somebody pushing me to, to make $4 million, of course, I can harass you to make $400,000. It's nothing to me. So, so to have people to be able to see something greater in you. And then, you know, it's, it's the same intensity. And I, and I tell them, I don't really like you all the time. Because you make me <laughs> uncomfortable and you squeeze me and you give me a headache. And he says, I don't care. But that's how I talk to my, to my clients. And then I have a marketing coach. Because what's the what's the point of being the greatest coach in the world? This was last year. I hired this marketing guy, which is how I've been in the Bahamas since last March. I came to the Bahamas last March. And um, I went to his event right before I got here. And I wanted some Air Max and some summer clothes before I came. And after I went to this guy's thing, I was like, I need that. Um, so I had invested in a coach, came down here in some bobos and, and jeans because I didn't have any summer clothes. I was like, well, you're just going to be hot. And I invested in that marketing coach. And so he taught me how to scale my business and how to actually talk to my target market. So most of the clients that I have, they're the same type of these women. And they're like, why are we all the same? It's because I'm only talking to one specific group of people. Um, and then I had a PR coach and I had a marketing um I did a, a, some coaching with a lady that talked about PR, 
And then I have two spiritual coaches. So it's all about having somebody who can see a greater version of who you are. And if, and if, and I'll say this and, and then I'll, and then we'll go to the next question, Chris. But if, if I have to tell you where I want to be and I'm leading the way, you have the wrong coach. You need somebody to say something to you. They can see where you are and where you should be. And they think that the middle is easy, but they're not lying. But if, but if, if there's incremental change where you say I'm here and, and, and I, and I had a, a call with one of my clients like yesterday, I said, look, I I'm, I'm aware that you like to be the boss and, and that you love being in charge, but I'm in charge in this conversation. Let me, let me take you to where I see that, that you should be not where you think you should be because where you think you should be is incremental. And I want to take you here. So having those people who have the greater vision and they're almost frustrated that you aren't where you're supposed to be. And that's the difference between the coach that can get you there because they're like, what are you talking about? That's when I hired my first coach. You're like, who is your coach? How is, what are you talking about? You've written like five eBooks and and you're broken. You don't have any money. And, and the program that's now, you know, whatever thousands of dollars used to be $500. Just like that cheap lobster. I was begging people to go through it. Just please just, it's only $500. Just, I want to prove my point. I, I, I know I can help you. Please let me help you. It's only 500. Now I'm like, give me my money. We can break that up with some easy payments, but it's not 500 anymore. Right. Um, so that's the difference in the coaching. Yeah. It's to, to have other people who again, don't agree with you, but the difference in some of these executive coaches that organizations um, hire for their, for their team is that the coach that's hired by the organization is doing what's better, best for the organization. Um, and they're leading you to polish up the facade that you already created because we're, we're, in, you know, imposters in the organization where you're, you're shining or you're, you're polishing this facade of the leader that you are, which is straight organization. But the person that's in trouble is the 10 year old who was told that they won't be anybody and they believe that they don't get ahead, that they can't get ahead. And even Renee, you talked about that guy where the cap is 140. What's stopping you from asking for 140? Let's, that's what I do. Let's talk about that because that's the real problem. And that's how these women catapult. I don't do anything. Well, I, I would say it, after yesterday, I'm like this. Okay, okay, there is some magic in it. But um, what I really do is a lot of these women are already worth 400. You're just getting paid 185 because you don't know how to get to the 400. So let's do some work so you can ask for what you already are that you can't see yet. Christy, you, I I knew you were going to bring the heat. Like I said, when you came on, when I met you, when I listened to Christy, I'm like, she has got to come on this show. So let me hit, let me show you some of the comments coming in because the people are like, Christy, Christy, Christy. (laughs) Okay. So um, comments here. Uh, Corey earlier said Christy is preaching. P- Patrick has like the, ah, that meme going on. Um, Timothy says awesome amount of raises, all those raises. Wow. Carmen wants to know when you were given ranges, then, then would you recommend for the highest? When you're, when you're given a salary, when a person is given a salary range, I think that's the question. Um, you're, you're muted. Christy, you're muted. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't say. Well, you know, I think we can go between two twenty five and two seventy five. I say, I say three twenty five. The number, boom. 
I just, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hit you with the number. So when you ask for it, then you see what they say. So this, this is where women get it twisted in negotiations. I took three negotiations. I'm taking glasses off. I like to be cute, but I can't see any of the comments. Be like, what are you saying? <laughs> Uh, but I took Where three glasses. What's wrong with right? you? I can't see anything. I know they're talking about me though. They saying something good. I can't see any of it. But, uh, I'm gonna call them out because this is audio and video, so we call out all the comments. Go ahead. Yeah. I, so I took three negotiations classes at Harvard, and a, a lot of times when it comes to women and asking for what we want, the the negotiations. The last one was called playing the game. It was so good. And so if you say. If if you're top, if you if you if you want, let's say 375 and you ask for 375, then then you just then they're gonna bring you down because they're gonna say something like 300 and you gotta meet in the middle. So if you want 375, say 425, well, along with some other things. So so one one of my clients, we doubled her income, they brought over five people from her team, and she gets to work from home indefinitely, crushing it, killing it. But the but the but it's a relationship. We have to build this trust and this relationship. And we're and 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 so we're talking about. I think we're about three weeks into this negotiation, and she's like, "Chris, my nerves are all over the place. Like my nerves are just shot because it's taking a long time." And I'm like, "But y'all have to get to know each other. We have to date. Like one of my coaches said, you can't come over here, hit it, and quit it. You got to date me. You have to get to know me. You have to court me." So we're so unsure and we're so afraid to lose the job and lose the job offer that we clamp down and we and we concede very, very early as opposed to having the conversations and, and you're negotiating with men and men are OK. They want you. Men pursue women that they want. Organizations will pursue people that they really want. And if you can own your value and own that your top talent and that, you know what, you can pick me here, but I can also go over here. So I like you, Jeff, but uh, but you're, you're not the only person that wants me in these streets. You know, I'm very cute. And, you know, I'm, I'm being I'm being perused and I'm being courted by many. You know, what are you going to give me? So, so, yeah, so, so true. I mean, people I say that all the time, like you guys have no idea when you get to the point of an offer, how much power you have as a candidate. Like nobody wants to go back out and nope. as a recruiter, as a hiring manager, like if it took six months to find the right person and you're the person, they're going to move mountains to get you in that door. So I, I will tell people, and it's usually these little bits of money. And I'm like, go ask for it. Go, go. <laughs> you know, if we, I was we asking you, for severance packages, like I'm like, I, I want a severance. If I've been here for less than a year, you got to pay me 18 months when I leave. If we're, if I'm here for over over a year, then, you know, I'm on a three-year severance. Like, we crushing it. We asking for everything. But, and, and this is foreign for women. And I don't know if men are asking for it at this level as well. Um, one, one of my clients went from uh, an organization we work with. And so the goal, and I would say at this level, and this is for, you know, men and women, is when you're in an organization, how are you being known industry-wide? Because if, you know, Renee, you're a senior leader. Chris is a rock star. So let's talk about what senior people should be doing in this moment. You should be having a show on LinkedIn Live to be able to build your global awareness, right? You should have, um, you can write now on Medium and you can do writing on LinkedIn. You should be more visible to other people in your industry to build that network so people will call you and be like, how much? So I had a guy who was in an organization. We started to uh, have him go to events to start to strategically make connections. And then he ended up getting a job offer 
to work for the second wealthiest man in China as the CEO of hotels. And, um, and, and he was the only non Cantonese Chinese in the whole company. Like he was Greek and he got, and that door magically opened for him when he built his industry wide reputation. So I think that, as everybody's working right now, and especially in this pandemic, it's not about jumping on Clubhouse where everybody's talking, girl, they talking forever. Um, but it's like, what, and, and and again, it's not about doing 20 things. What's the one move that you can make that's going to move your fo- your needle forward uh, significantly and be patient about it, but be very strategic about it. Don't just do a lot of stuff just to be doing it. People want a podcast. I'm like, for what? <laughs> Podcasts are a lot of work. Uh, Renee, thank you. And Chris, this is like, this is, people don't understand. This is a lot of work They, they for, really for an hour every week. It's a lot. We literally, Chris and I literally got off a conversation right before this one, talking about the level of work that goes, that goes into this stuff. So you are absolutely right. Okay. More comments. I want to bring the more, more and more comments from the folks here. Um, I don't know who this is, but they said tuned in. Oh, this is Nathan Hall. Tuned in, Renee Small. Loving it so far. This is so important for people to hear. Mafuz is here. He says, yo, Christy is on another wavelength to most of humanity right now. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, and, and I say, quote, where do I sign up for that kind of energy? Dang. So Christy is bringing the heat. Chris Evans wants to know if you're in a role already, is there a best time to ask the question about like getting um, a promotion and salary, stuff like that? That's what I think is. Yeah, it's it's cheaper to keep you. It's cheaper to keep her. There's a song. It's cheaper to keep you. So is there, uh, you know, the the best time to ask questions? I've been having these conversations. I want to address somebody just asked about the the person who mentions the 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 number first. So I I didn't write that down. Uh, So it was Bruce. Yeah, I'm going to get down to them. Okay. So if you're in, so I I was talking to a couple of people this week and they were like, yeah, we were having the, um, the conversation about promotion and, and we're, and we're in here talking about our performance reviews. Right. And so I said, okay, so you're having the promotion conversation. What are you going to ask for? They were like, what? They were like, wait, you said that you're in a talking about your performance review to talk about the things that you've done in a promotion and you don't have a number. No, I, I was just, so what are you, what are you talking about then? Why are you in a promotion conversation to try to figure out how much you're going to get? And you don't even have a number of what you're going to get. And you're always going to walk away disappointed. You have no idea going into this conversation, what you want. Are you kidding me? So that's how I talk to people when they get on my phone. I don't apologize for that. I, used to, I was a military officer. So, um, so Craig, you know, is there a best time to ask for the question? And, and typically this is the advice I give people. What are the three things? If you're going in to ask for more money, what are the three things that you've done? The three bad ASS things that you've done in that six months or that year that you want to be recognized for? How did you make this company more money? How did you save time or how did you save resources? So it's, hey, you know what? I, the, the numbers just came out. I'm in the top 1%. I brought in $10 million worth of revenue and I've saved, um, you know, I created a system that ended up saving us 30,000 man hours. I would like to get $30,000 added to my, to my base salary. Look at my face. Straight. Dead serious. No fancy. <laughs> yep. I, 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 love, I love the impact. Yeah. Like results yeah. and impact. 
So you're not cool. walking in and say, I, I, I perform well. What are you going to give me? You're never going to get anything. Never. Like, uh, well, what did you do? Um, I showed up to work every day. The, late, the one lady told me, I got 30 years experience. I say, so what? What are you talking about? I mean, who cares? If you're, if you're, if you're a 30 year wet blanket who can't even talk about who you are, you sitting at your desk with a pulse in these streets, ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. Organizations want people with passion. Y'all see how loud I am. <laughs> you talk about it. Every podcast, passion. every single one, not a pulse. People walk around with a pulse. Give me a job. Nope. Cause you, you don't have any passion. Nobody wants somebody sitting at a desk, collecting a check. Those days are gone. So you, so to get clear on what Chris and I talked about earlier, get clear of your superpower, because when you figure out what your superpower is, you will go in there talking loud, just like this. And everybody want to be drawn to that. I'd be like, Oh my God, this lady is on fire. People will pay you for your passion because you know, which problem you solve. You know, you have 20 years experience, but out of that 20 years, is one thing that I did very, very well in all the 10 jobs that I have. And that's what I can do for you. And, and people, and you already know, Renee, people be like, where, where, how do I sign this person up right how now? Do how do I, up? let's get yep. this, let's, let's get this done quick. <laughs> that's it. That's what they do. Oh my God. We're, so, we're um, running, we're running late on time, but that one question that you wrote down early and that everyone has on their mind, the person <laughs> who brings up the money first, let's talk about that. Cause you were very excited to talk about that. Yeah, yes. Bruce, Bruce is funny. He said, uh, don't let Chris have Red Bull. I had a little bit of coffee this morning. I only had one. I, I, I mean, chocolate or coffee. Uh, <laughs> he said, don't let Christy have Red Bull. You will always explode. Oh, so, so the, the thing about the money conversation is this. A lot of times, so last night, so I do group coaching and I had my call last night and, and one of my women, this is, we laugh for like five minutes. She was getting offered with another company and, and, and she's like on fire now. Used to be an introvert, didn't necessarily talk that much. It was always being overlooked. Now we're about to double her salary. And so she said an organization called her. And so they were like, hey, let me tell you what, what I need. She said, no, let me tell you what I need. Boom. And they were like, Okay, she said 450. <laughs> right? And they were like this. Okay, well, we're gonna see what we can do. She said, I sent my resume in and we're waiting for that call today. So it's it depends, Bruce. You don't have to be so um upfront, but it's not in, in negotiations, is there a dance that you need to do? I've heard that sometimes the person who mentions the, 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 the money number first loses. But you can also lose by letting them set the tone. So if you're thinking 425 and they're thinking 200, that gap is so big. But if you say 425, and, and this is what I tell everybody. So y'all listen up. Got my microphone right here. Let me tell y'all how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you say 425 total comp. So if you throw total comp, I just gave y'all that for free. If you say total comp, how you get to the total comp? can be different. You could do 225 base. You could do a $60,000 bonus. You could do some equity in there. But if you ask for the total comp number, it's not so overwhelming. Don't start with the base, start with the total comp. So the larger number is total comp and you give them room to be able to, to work on how they're going to make that work for you. 
and companies are very, very creative these days. Well, they'll be like, okay, well, if you if you want 425 total comp, we could do 325 base, we could do a fifty thousand dollar bonus, we could do this, but instead of you know, we can't meet you at the extra 25, so we'll let you work from home indefinitely. Right. Okay. Does or that make sense? A sign-on bonus or something yep. like if they can't bring it, yep. No, you always got the sign-on bonus is not in the total comp, Renee. That's that's, that's true. That is true. Let's be clear. That's I right. want that too. That's the <laughs> on top. When you, but that's the second conversation. It's but when but so people are so nervous about even asking if you give the larger number. Now let's date. Let's court. Take me out. You know, take me to the Waffle House, and then take me to Ruth Chris, and then take me to get some ice cream. So now we're gonna have this conversation on how we're going to get to the total comp. Is not just two twenty five base. It's 425. She said 450. That's what she said. We screamed when she said that. And the guy was like, okay. So don't even come. She already knows her value. Like when you know your value and 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 you understand it and you anchor in it, you are so um, and you're not even playing with it. Does that make sense? So right. this is the difference, y'all. When you go in timid, um, Okay, well, I would love to have a conversation with you. Well, what do you think that my value is? What's the range that y'all are looking for? What exactly are you looking for? I think that I can do that for you. She said, no, let me tell you what I want, 450. And the guy was like, okay, let, let's, let's go see how we can make that happen for you. We're not even playing over here. We look, we're a little special, but it works. I love it. I, I totally love it. You're so more comments here, Christy, because I mean, the folks are just like you. First and foremost, you have to come back. I, I knew this okay. was going to happen. Right. I told you I predicted this was going <laughs> to be a regular. You have to come back if you have availability. Um, but the people in here are just, you know, there's so many comments. I love Christy spitting fire this woman is spitting love the motivation and the energy um representing us uscg love it mm-hmm. um chrissy's advice is crazy in a good way and to be honest most men need her advice as well that's why she's here i talked to men too i talked to men yep christy has male clients mm-hmm. um Timothy said, I met, I met a lot of recruiters that push this negative mentality. I've been told by a few recruiters that, quote unquote, well, just take this lower pay because there's room to grow. Don't ask for a nope, higher. That's a lie. Yes, that's a lie. I, 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 recruiter. I, I, I would say this. I would say this. This is what's happening to Timothy. He's not asking for the right job. Timothy, you need to go two levels up above where you are right now. The problem is you're not asking. You're not asking at the right level, which is why it's offensive to you. Go two levels up. From where you are, not the next level, but two levels up. And then you won't be having these conversations about that. Only people when you're when you're swimming in the in the small pond, when you should be in the ocean at the Bahamas. Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to be telling people, oh, don't get you know bit by the alligator. Just just go over here. It's like, no, you're not you're not even in the right um, realm. You should you should be applying for two jobs above where you are right now. If you're offended, if your inner king or your inner queen is offended when people say stuff is because you're not in the right ballpark. Got it. Charles is in the UK. He says, I need to listen to this daily. <laughs> Mafuz, where has Christy been all my life? She is exuding pure, raw energy. I'm a Christy, straight, straight chaser. making me a believer right now. Well done, guys. Thanks, Diane. Oh, Diane's here. My girlfriend in my head. She's like, you're the girlfriend in her head. 
Um, uh, loving the point about mentors almost being mad where you're not functioning at your potential. Mm-hmm. So the mentor is being pissed at you, which I, I get some of that too. Where they're like, what is wrong with <laughs> you? Know, yeah. being, um, I am going to, oh, Awa says, I'm a career changer going into cyber. I feel like a major imposter and have no idea how to overcome. Is a career coach worth the investment? We we doubling incomes over here in these streets. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> point blank period. Yeah. Point blank. One, $1.7 million since June 2020. It's working. It. It's working. Right. <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about the imposter syndrome right quick. Yep. And y'all can get my free case study at changenowwithchristy.com. Changenowwithchristy.com. You can join my email list and get my free case study. Okay. I'll put it in the chat. So so this is is a challenge with women in the imposter syndrome. So, and I I say this because there are a million articles that always talk about men. You know, women can spend all day bashing men, but I'm like, but how are you looking at yourself right now? This is crazy. So a man will ask, uh, you know, a woman will have to wait until she checks 20 boxes on that list. If a job has 20 boxes, a woman wants to check all 20 and still don't believe that she deserves it. Right. A man will see one and be like, I kind of got that. <laughs> I kind of got it. I'm going to apply. And then the women are mad. Right, Chris? The women are mad that they didn't even ask. So the difference between the men and the women in the imposter syndrome is Men have asked, 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 but this is okay. I'm moving this box. This is where they truly are. They've out asked their growth. So, so the imposter syndrome is I'm all the way up here in position, but my growth internally and how I see, see myself is here. So, so the, the gap, the, the, the challenge with women is women haven't asked work promotion. I mean, work, Degree, degree, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. But the women believe that they're right here. So the women are believing the wrong lie. You're actually here, but you believe that you're here. Wow. So imposter syndrome is that you just have not owned your greatness. Your awards are in a box. Your degrees are in a box. Everything that makes you great is in a box and you won't even own it. So you're believing the wrong lie. You're lying to yourself. That's the lie. The imposter syndrome is not you're lying to other people. You're lying to yourself because you're greater than who you think you are. You are bringing it. And I know we have to run. My girlfriend, Diamond says, I work in medical device sales and I am glued to the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Ron Froman says, never let up on passion. Ask for what you want. Ewa says, looking for more of Christy. Christy. I told you, they call me. Please come back. <laughs> this is straight fire. What is her ad? So I put her ad in there. Um, this lady says, Words to listen over and over. That's Carmen. I mean, there's yep. so many. Clinton says, Get definitely get Christy back. Fire, 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 fire. Christy, 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 Christy. Self-confidence <laughs> and knowing your worth is key and militant. Be militant about it. Some people are too shy about asking for the salary they are worth. So, Christy, I am going to end with, well, the final one. Thanks for that. What would you say to someone who wants to change careers in cyber with no work experience? I'm seeing what I'm seeing is less salaries, less than half of what I make now. So I get nervous making this move. I'm making the move to get back to my family who I'm away from 10 months out of the year right now. So, so- 
So the thing about it is you it's it's all back to the supervisor that we talked about earlier. And if y'all if y'all inbox me <clears throat> on LinkedIn and ask me for the superpower series, I'll send it to you. So it's all about figuring out what your superpower is. Timothy, you look a little seasoned with your beard. You're not you're not new. You're not starting over. You need to be able to say, I can come into your organization and I can do this one thing. So there is something that you've done throughout the whole time of your career is one specific thing that makes you great. You lead with that. You haven't started over. A lot of times we're taught to think that, oh, you're starting over. No, you're not starting over. I'm great. How? Let me tell you what I could do. And this is how it fits into your organization. So it's not your change of careers in the cyber with no working experience in cyber. You have work experience. You just have to be able to translate that one thing that you can do well into their organization and how you're going to solve their problems. People want people who solve their problems. People who want organization want people who are passionate, not just who have a pulse. You and, and if you have a pleasing personality and you're passionate, you can train for skill. You can't train for an a-hole. An a-hole is an a-hole. And people want people with pleasant personalities and not, um, <laughs> you know, you have a pleasant personality, but you don't have the skill in particular. They will bring you in and they will train you up. But if you're a freaking a-hole and you're arrogant, um, but you have all the skill, nobody wants to be around that. Coach, people, companies want people who fit into their culture, period. So, Christy, I know it's coming up on noon and you have to go. So we want to make sure that we have the right website. I know you'll be back. Um, but we did change now with Christy.com, but I, maybe I, I wrote it wrong or something. So no, can they go to Christy Rutherford? Yeah, ChristyRutherford.com. I have a free webinar. It's on ChristyRutherford.com, but change now with Christy.com is my free webinar. And I'm on Instagram at Christy.Rutherford. Y'all can connect with me on LinkedIn at this Christy Rutherford. I'm somewhere around here. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure they connect with you. Anybody, you know what to do. Reach out to me if you need to connect with Christy. I'm going to tag her in this post. You'll see it out there. All that good stuff. Christy. Damn, I can't wait, before, we, before we end, Ewa, oh. Ewa, stop getting all these degrees. Not, none of my women got, when they get raises, <laughs> let's be clear. They get raises in two months. They didn't get another degree. You got women who got degrees out here making $75,000 a year. But you have women who have one master's or one bachelor's degree who's about to make four fifty dollars because they're talking about their experience. Stop getting all these degrees. The deg and you don't even have a plan for the degree. Amen and hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you are you are the pastor, the preacher, the choir. You are everybody. It's like I'm, sometimes I'm hearing you. It's like I'm talking to myself. Like, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Experience trumps everything. Do I not say this every single week, folks? Blowing all this money on degrees. And, and women don't even have a plan for the degree. You think that when you get this degree, people are going to call you. No, they're not. It is not going to open up a magic door. It is not going to give you a special gold star. It's not going to make people look at you. You know what happens when it makes somebody look at you? Passion. See how loud I'm talking right now? People are like, oh my God, this people is... People want people who are passionate about what they do in their organization. They don't... You don't need another degree. You just need to know who you are, what your superpower is, and then what you're passionate about. And people will be like, how much you want, girl? How, how much you want, man? How much How much you want? Just just, just let's, let's do this now. It's like closing a house. Let's close this house in two days before somebody else come over here and snatch you. Reverend Christie... Amen. 
You have been <laughs> you have, you have been given a new title. <laughs> they said Pastor Christie preach. So Reverend Christie, Pastor Reverend, Dr. Christie. Oh my gosh, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here. We have got to get you back. You left all your your, your contact info. People reach out to her, reach out to me, and we will make sure that you are back again sometime soon. All right. All right. Bye, y'all. So much for being here. Bye, everybody. See you guys next week. Oh, subscribe to our channel. Subscribe Subscribe to our channel. Yeah, subscribe (laughs) now. Podcast, YouTube, find it everywhere. All right. Bye, everybody. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.